0: What does it mean to live life as more than a survivor?
1: Unpacking that question is what we're all about.
0: On this podcast, we speak about life, its ups and downs, and everything in between.
1: Join us as we connect with others and discover more through stories and conversations.
0: Come as you are. Recovering. Healing. Growing. I'm John Westever.
1: And I'm Michelle Escamilla. And and this this is More Than than a Survivor Survivor
0: Podcast. Podcast. All right, so you just uh, tuned back in. This is the next episode, part two of the uh, podcast with our very special guest, Dennis Garden, who is an extraordinary human being, lost offer, and I hope that you really enjoyed part one, and in part two, uh, so much more, so much more, and uh, here we go.
1: If you're interested in checking out more of this content, let us know. We'd love to continue the conversation with Dennis, so check it out.
2: I just have to do it because I know it's what I'm supposed to do. You know, my grandmother used to come to the hospital and rub my feet and give thanks, because my feet were the only part of my body that wasn't bandaged. And she would (laughs) give thanks and rub my feet for hours, and I could not understand what she was giving thanks for. You know, Why would she give thanks, and why wasn't she angry with God the same way I was for what he had done to her and I'm doing quotes here her favorite grandchild <laughs> <laughs> why why wasn't she angry and she would tell me that uh you have to give thanks for all things you have to give thanks in all things she said people take that scripture the wrong way she said it's not giving thanks not just for everything but you have to give thanks in all things and she told me that God's not punishing you. God's preparing you. And I didn't want to hear it because it just sounded like some of those real nice platitudes that people spew out there all the time. Because I saw nothing good in this and I saw this couldn't be a preparation for anything. And you fast forward a hundred years. <laughs> and I sit here now totally understanding what Bitma was talking about. Uh, you know, I really was being prepared and stepping into my purpose allowed me um, to contribute something, you know, and, and I know that, and it still amazes me that I even have something to say that people want to hear. And that's not any false modesty. It just, it, it's, it's amazing to me, but I'm very thankful for the experience because I couldn't have went to school to study this. No one could have told me I had to live in that suffering to really understand and live through it so that I can connect with people in their suffering. You know, um. And when I say I understand what you're going through, yeah, you know, I, 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 I get it, you know. But I, but I, want to be clear that my life and where it is and my journey is not a strategy, but it's a submission. And I don't try to impress mm-hmm. my beliefs on anyone else. I just know what worked for me. Um, in my faith, I didn't know how strong my weakness was. You know, and I wasn't walking down the street one day and the clouds parted and there was this rainbow that was shining on me and this majestic voice calling out my name saying, this is what I want you to do, Dennis. It wasn't that at all. For me, I had tried everything else in my journey and nothing else worked. And I turned back to to God that I had learned about in church where I was brought up. And when I turned back to him, because it was a last resort. And again, I want to be very clear that I don't try to impress my beliefs on anyone else because it's a journey for each of us, but I can speak to what worked for me. Um, and I never thought that I would give thanks for every scar on my body. I, would, I never thought yeah. that I would give thanks for this experience as a preparation for what I was called to do. And I know people say they get pregnant by mistake and that kind of thing, but a birth is never a mistake because it's too much of a miracle to be a mistake. And we're all born with a purpose. You know, sometimes we find it, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we feel that purpose and we're not even aware of it. You know, but let me get off my my soapbox. <laughs> let me get off my uh, <laughs>
1: well let my, me quickly let me jump in. cause Dennis, I wanna I wanna really emphasize something that you said some time ago. Cause we passed by it fairly quickly and then I was like, oh this is a good nugget. This is a good nugget. And you were sharing about the experience you had at this uh, young adults retreat, where the person said, you know, that they just hated the way that they looked. And you shared with us how, in a way, you resonated. You resonated with, with, with what this person was saying. And there were other people in that room who really were also living and breathing that. And what I want to emphasize is what you said. You said that you recognized that there was so much vulnerability in that space. Not only that, but you mentioned how freeing that vulnerability was. And for those who are listening, I think, you know, we need to preface this or put a little asterisk and say vulnerability is not easy. Dennis said it himself, it's not that I'm brave, it's not that I could say I mustered all this courage, but in the decision of taking a bold step you are able to freely access this ability, this space, this stage of vulnerability. And I always tell people, and I, try, and I try to remind myself of this too, is oftentimes when we think about courage or bravery, you know, immediately like a lion or a dragon or mm-hmm. some like majestic animal yes. comes to mind. But the reality is that courage and bravery and being bold really just means that even though I'm afraid, the fear hasn't gone away. I will still take a step forward into this thing that I'm a little unsure about, and mm-hmm. to what you're sharing, it was so liberating to hear and just express yourself in a space where multiple people were feeling the same thing
2: mhm mhm and, and 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 when we go through things and you know we're talking about um And I'm glad the title of your guys' podcast is more than a survivor and not more than a burn survivor. And I think that is so key (laughs) that you're talking about being more than a survivor because it's not to be pigeonholed. I mean, it's really not because the conversation we're having, you know, we're talking about my burn experience. We're talking about our burn experience, but we could very easily be talking about cancer survivors. We could very easily be talking about John. You know, you're a burning survivor, but you're also a car accident survivor, you know. And for you to take that, though you say you were arrogant and you were uh cocky or whatever, I think that's that's you were still finding yourself, but you've taken that and to talk to other kids about safety and not being careless, you could have done a lot of other things, but you chose to take that and benefit somebody else, you know, to speak that to someone else. And you never know <laughs> um, who needs to hear it. You, you just never know. I was speaking at, um, at a, a, a youth home once, and this girl came up to me, and she had tears running down her face, and she was pregnant. I think she looks about 15 years old. And she said, oh, Mr. Dennis, you were talking to me because I'm struggling with so much. And I assumed she was talking about the pregnancy being young. I assume that, and she shared with me that she was in a car accident and she broke both her legs and shattered her pelvis. She was in traction for about six months and then she couldn't walk. Then she elevated to a wheelchair and then she, you know, all of these things. And when she went back to school, she was on a walker after like a year and a half or two years, she's on a walker. And she says she felt so insignificant and inferior that once she began to walk without the walker she didn't think she had anything to offer. So she became very sexually active because what else do I have to offer? And became pregnant as a result of that and told me that she had plans on giving the baby up for adoption. But listening to the story, she said that she made the decision she was gonna keep her child. She was gonna keep her child and she was gonna be the best mother she could. But had she not told me that, I would have been assuming something entirely different. So we just never, we just never know Who we impact and we don't need to know. That's just our ego for us needing to know. You guys don't know who's going to be impacted by this podcast, but you're doing it. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do. You know, I I know that the both of you have a tremendous amount to offer because I know you, you know, but you guys are doing it because. It needs to be done, you know when something speaks to our spirit we, we you know we 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 have a choice to move on it uh, or not, and when you guys reached out to me i was um I was super excited that you reached out to me that I could be a part of this, and I want to continue to be supportive because I, I believe in it, but I believe in you guys i do yeah, awesome,
0: well, we believe in you too it's it's uh it's a powerful experience and it's a powerful project that we're doing, a passion project for us and you know, it's really about like like you said, we don't know who it's gonna impact and what we know is gonna impact a lot of people. And that's what's mm-hmm. so great about it. It's starting that conversation or whatever people are dealing with. It's like, you know, we all deal with trauma in life, the different variations and, and degrees and scenarios and situations and how we recover from it. So it's like this is a really good um uh conversation to start talking about what is more than a survivor what does it look like to be more than a survivor when you disappear mm-hmm. that conversation of labeling like when you let go shed that that label what opens up for you like what really opens up for you if you can let go of that identity i'm actually not a survivor i'm a human being who's experienced mm-hmm. uh a trauma a burn, mm-hmm. you know cancer, rape, whatever it is, like I've mm-hmm. experienced this, and I'm a human being. What's possible for my life and my future?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and what shows mm-hmm. up for you, Dennis, when you think about that, when you think about shedding that label of i'm I'm a survivor to you're a human being who actually
2: experienced this um. I'm a human being uh but I'm an amazing human being let me let me put that caveat with that <laughs> and 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 for for me again it's it's not a strategy for me it's a submission you know um and I submitted to the call on my life, and once I chose to submit to the call. For the purpose for my life, I couldn't do that with conditions. I had to be all in or all out. And I chose to be all in. And that was a scary thing going back to what Michelle said about being vulnerable because t- to submit is to give up that illusion of control. And control really is an illusion. You know, the more we think we're in control, the more we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. Um, and for me, it's, being Dennis, and what I mean, but I don't want to. I don't want to simplify it, but it really is. It's being who I am, all of it. You know, all of it. Uh, I, I, I am a burn survivor. You know, I am a big-headed black man. You know, I am uh, getting old. I fall into that category. You know, I am that. I am a father. You know, I'm a good friend. I'm a grandfather. I am. No, some would argue the world's greatest papa. My granddaughters say, <laughs> um, but 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 I I am that as well, and I, I am all of it. You know, I'm the executive director of the Georgia Firefighters Burn Foundation. I, uh, I I am a lot of things, and and still other things to be added. But whatever it is, and whatever comes, uh, I embrace that. And not because I like it, not because it's pleasing, but because it's part of the collective experience, you know, because we are uh, a manifestation of our collective experiences. And the burn is just one of thousands of experiences that I've had along this journey. You know, and I recognize there are more days behind me than ahead of me, but that's okay because I accept it. You know, whatever comes, I am excellent and getting better all the time, so for me uh yeah, I'm more than a survivor i'm 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 excellent, you know, and I'm getting better all the time and and that's my mantra and I say that to myself every morning in the mirror you know i I look at this guy and I don't know what the day is going to bring, but I'm thankful for it, and I know without question that I will embrace it for whatever comes because Early on in my life, I recognized that control was an illusion because at 14 years old, I was in control of my world. I I was definitely in control of my world. You know, I was going to be a professional baseball player and I didn't have a plan B because a plan B only meant you weren't sure about plan A. Now, was I ever going to be a baseball player? Who knows? Because the little league team I was on, I was a bench player. I didn't even get in the game. So was it realistic? I don't know, but it was my... It was, it was my reality at the time, you know, but but what I do um, want to emphasize is that in my journey, the times I can pinpoint where I had the most forward progress were the times I wasn't focused on me, but I was looking at what I could do for someone else. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. I hid in the house for two years. I came out to go to school for my senior year of high school. I only went to high school one year. But I came out of hiding to go to high school, not because I saw a future for myself and not because I thought I needed an education and not because I didn't like that tutor that came to my house twice a week. I didn't care for her. It wasn't because of any of those things. My family was always big on ed- the importance of education. And I thought, if I go and go back to school and pretend to be okay and graduate like normal kids, then that would be my gift to my parents and my grandparents. And I don't know if you can say normal and kids in the same sentence, but I went back for that reason. You know, I want to just get a diploma to show them because all they wanted was for me to be okay. That's all they wanted. So if I could get a diploma and pretend to be okay, then that would be my gift back to them because they had done so much for me. And I promised myself, no matter how difficult it was, I was never going to let them see me cry. You know, I was because my desire to give them this gift was stronger than my fear of what I was going to encounter. And it was rough. You know, the first time I went into the lunchroom in high school, I tried to sit next to a young lady who jumped up and screamed, how dare you come in this lunchroom and spoil everyone's appetite? And I wasn't angry with her because I agreed with her. Maybe she was right. Maybe I did spoil everyone's appetite. You know, those kind of things. The times I would come home and go straight to the bathroom because it was the only door in our house that had a lock and no one could walk in and catch me crying. In the days I couldn't get home, I would sit behind our garage in the alley and just fall my eyes out so that I could get myself together to walk into the house with a smile on my face so that my mother would think today was another good day. You know, now I've been saying excellent and getting better all the time for quite a while, but I'll be honest, for a long, long time, it wasn't true. It's not how I felt, but I saw the impact it had on other people. They wanted me to be okay. So let me live other people's expectations. And this is not unique to me. We People tend to live other people's expectations, you know, not their own, because people put so much effort into taking care of me. How was I going to say that I didn't like what happened? How was I going to let my family know that every night I'm on my knees praying that I die in my sleep? Because as hard as I was praying for death, I had a family that was praying for life. And I had very good medical care and treatment. But I know without question that my survival had a lot to do with those prayers going up for me. And beyond that, it's just so important to have the love and believe in people when they don't love and believe in themselves. And sometimes that's when they need it the most. But I pretended for so long to be okay for other people that the lie became the truth. (laughs) the lie became the reality you know and I do know positive affirmations work you know and we have to be careful what we say because what we say we hear and what we hear we process and what we process we become you know but I do know leaning on other people and looking to be a benefit and it was not it no longer was about what happened to me it was about What can I contribute because of it, not despite of it? What can I contribute to the world because of it? And I'd like to believe, no, I am very confident that every day I am contributing to the improvement of the human condition, every day. And I don't even have to give it a lot of thought I just have to continue to walk forward. And my grandfather used to say, "If you stumble, make sure you stumble forward, because that's still progress." (laughs) It's awesome!
1: It's awesome! I love that, Dennis. I have a question if I if I may jump in. I'm trying to put together this puzzle that you're telling us of the struggle that you went through, the healing process, then everything that you went through going to school. And now hearing you say just how you continue to grow, I'm putting this puzzle together, but I'm missing the piece that tells me about how did you get to that place from living in this really hard hardship to now being where you are. Where where's that puzzle piece? Help us to connect and share with us a little bit about where you are now as well.
2: Um, I'm not sure if it's if it's a puzzle piece that's missing. I think more, Michelle, that. It's so simplistic that it appears to be missing and 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 really um when I stopped focusing on me and began focusing on what was possible, when I began focusing on what could I do to benefit someone else when i and and you know, and you hear people talk about, oh man, I would do that if but when I retire i'm gonna if I had more money, I can, but the reality is we have exactly what we need today right now to make a difference in someone's life. We, we really do. And it doesn't take, it doesn't take huge things. You know, it takes, it takes, it takes what we have because we have been provided. We came to this planet with everything we need to fulfill our purpose, but we have the choice to do that or not. And it does. And, it, and it's not about being courageous. You know, it's 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 about being true with who we are. You know, um, I don't have to know what I'm supposed to do. I just have to be willing to do what I'm supposed to do. I don't have to even know what it is. I just have to be willing to do it. And that may sound confusing, um, but it really is that simple. And like I said, where I am today is um, stepping into opportunities to make a difference. And that and that's really what it, but it took me to begin to recognize that I do have something to offer. You know cuz we live in a culture that tells you not to compliment yourself. You know, we can compliment someone else, but if you compliment yourself, then you're being arrogant or you're being cocky and you know, and and we teach that all the time, you know, uh because I've done a lot in my life, you know, um I went on to college and yeah, did all right. Uh, it had a couple of successful businesses and a couple, some not so successful. I I, I did uh, radio. I was a radio personality for a while. I had a television show, a television talk show. Now here's this guy that's on TV, uh, smiling on the TV screen that used to hide in the house because of that face. You know what 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 changed? You know, and I believe that a problem is a perception, not a situation, because I have the same scars now that I had when I was 14 years old coming home from the hospital. I have the same scar. My face is disfigured now the same way it was when I hid in the house for two years. That didn't change. What changed was my perception of what was a problem. And I I step into most things that way, you know, and I just think that. as we focus on our purpose and not on the person, I think that's where the growth comes because it all of my my forward progress it it's all connected, and I can look back and connect it to times that I tried to make a difference in someone else's life and that's where I am today. Uh, do I still have my struggles? Yes, I'm doing a sensitivity training all week at the burn at a burn center, and I have to be honest with you. I am struggling with it uh, emotionally, uh, and I've I've gone to hundreds of burn centers, but I always get a kind of a a different kind of feeling, you know that I can't even really describe. But I know that my trauma will always be connected to a burn center, you know, and it's just connecting me into that past trauma. But that's okay because if I focus on that. I wouldn't even still be here, (laughs) you know, but I'm focusing on why I'm doing it. You know, there were things that benefited me as a patient. There were things that didn't benefit me. And I have an opportunity to share from a patient's perspective, from a family member's perspective, and from a helping professional's perspective with nursing staff and doctors and therapists that maybe they won't hear. And maybe it'll impact how they provide care to those who are coming behind us, you know. uh, And if I can, offer something to make the road a little smoother for those that come behind us, then I have an obligation to do that. I mean, is it hard? Sure it is. But but I have an obligation. I've got an obligation to give back to a world that's given me so, so much. And 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 sometimes people people brag and get happy about things they're pleased with. But for me, uh Michelle more 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 to the point of your question, to me, I'm pleased with all of it, you know. Uh, And and I did say earlier that I was a famous cook, right? I'm very I'm 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 magic in the kitchen. Uh, But you can't bake a cake with just sugar. You got to put a little salt in there to balance it out, you know. And life is the same. That might not be a good analogy, but life is the same way. If it was all good, would we appreciate it the same way? If we had no struggles, you know, would we be strong? Would we where would we gather our strength? You know, if we didn't have uh, challenges you know, where would we, where would we get our knowledge from? You know, where would we, where would our character be built? So I just embrace it it at all. And it sounds simple, but it really, really is. It, it really is just that simple. You know, uh, I used to look in the mirror, I used to count how many times during the course of a day that somebody called me a name, made fun of me or rejected me. And I would multiply that number by 10. And that would be the number of times as I'm staring in the mirror, that would be the number of times I would repeat to myself, I love me. You know, so for every one negative thing that was said to me or or negative thing, how I was treated, that would mean 10 times I would tell myself that I love me. And I thought I was going crazy talking to myself, but I continued to do it. I love me. And in time, I began to hear it. I love me and I didn't get to love initially, but I did start liking myself a little bit. And that was a major Mm -hmm. step back towards loving myself. And all I ever really wanted with everything that I've done in my life and all the successes I've had, all I really wanted, all I really wanted was to walk into a room and not be noticed. I just wanted (laughs) to be normal. I just wanted it to be normal. You know, as simple as that sounds. That's all I wanted and that wasn't to be my fate ever again. And now mm. <laughs> I walk into a room as you guys know, I walk into a room and I own it. <laughs> I own yeah. it. You know, because that's what I carry with me because I love me. I mean, I really and truly love me. And in loving myself, it has allowed me or enabled me to love my entire surroundings. And that has nothing to do whether the sun is shining or whether it's raining. I love my entire surroundings because if there's no enemy within, there's no enemy on the outside. And I love me. And I love you, Michelle. I love you, John. I love this podcast. I love the world. I just love everything and everybody. And you know, I'm 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 it seemed like I'm kind of joking about it, but I'm really not. I'm 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 really not. <laughs> yeah.
1: I so appreciate Dennis you sharing this and I think Again, like I, I feel like I need a highlighter to, you know, to underline this and say and remind people that what Dennis is sharing is it was not just one year to the next. It was not six months to the next six months. What he is saying and what, he, you know, I want to highlight and underline here is that there was a mindset shift. There was something that he had to work through. And, it, and that's something that John and I have also spoken about that it is a choice that needs to be made. And how wonderful it is that there were people in community who were praying for you, who were encouraging you. And we realize that there will be people that will be encouraging you. But until that moment when we decide to accept and also practice being that kind to ourselves is when this Mm -hmm. shift really started to full force take on and you saw it. Um, really um, just being part of who you are and the way that you present yourself and the way that you are towards other people and in the world. So I, we so appreciate that.
2: And, and it's it's moment. It's not a moment. Mm. It's moments. And mm. when I was introduced the first day I did the program over here at the burn center, um, she introduced me as a friend, somebody that's been working with the burn center a long time and a burn survivor who's now thriving. And I said, well, okay, you can say I'm thriving. She said, but you are. I say, it, it's okay to say that I'm thriving as long as you qualify it, because it's very easy to believe that someone who's thriving no longer has challenges. I say, you can say I'm thriving in the introductions. I say, but you need to qualify by letting in people know that thriving doesn't mean all the challenges are behind me. Thriving doesn't mean I've got over it because I'm challenged with things right now, today, you know, um, but being challenged with things and how I um, embrace it. I, it can be misleading. It can be misleading, you know, because um, any news that I get, any challenges, I I take them on the same way, you know. I am Dennis, <laughs> you know. I I am, and I don't want to to come off as I'm this 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 being up here. No, I'm I'm struggling. Like I said, I'm struggling this week, and I'm feeling very. I'm struggling, but I'm, I'm emotional. My emotions are all over the place but I step into it, and I know, once I keep taking deep breaths and get through this week, I know for a fact that it'll be a very cathartic experience for me, and I will grow from it, and I will heal a little bit more from it. And and, and I embrace that, because I don't ever want people to, because sometimes the kids at the different burn camps, they say, oh, Mr. Dennis, uh, I wanna be like you once I get past all of this. (laughs) And I don't think it's really, waiting to get past yeah i don't think it's waiting to get past our stuff i think it's finding where that stuff fits in our life so that we can continue to be productive and move forward yeah 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 so i thank you guys for just sharing a little time and space with me because um it's really interesting the timing on this podcast because of how i'm struggling with the program i'm doing this week um i needed to share this conversation with you guys more than you know So.
0: Awesome. Well Thank we you. love having you. Love you got a lot to offer and um yeah we appreciate we appreciate you sharing and being here with us and yeah you're you know who you show up for me is is uh you know um of service and love, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm What what else is there, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know and really you know Yeah. Go Go ahead, John. No, I just, yeah, you know, that's, it's just completely of service. Like that's like, you know, it, it just encapsulates, I think, everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I was just going to jump in quickly and, and Dennis, I'm curious to know now where, what are some of the things that this mindset, this, this is a chapter of your life. Um, what has it led you to? So I know that you said you're in Georgia, but we would love for you to share with folks a little bit about, what this season has been like for you?
2: Uh, well, I'm in I'm in Georgia, but I'm still in Detroit as well. So I'm I'm back and forth because uh, I, I still I still maintain my home in Detroit, uh, and my uh, sister and brother in law uh, share that that spot with me. And we do foster care for special needs kids. Um, so it's, it's and it's the house that we grew up in. So it's the family home that's always been full of love and. The door has always been open um, for those to come in who who will. And and I, and I and I don't know. I I guess to talk about what this season is like for me, I think I can give you a couple of examples that really resonated with me that may speak to it. When I was about and I don't know why this stuck with me, but when I was about five years old, um my mom was preparing lunch, it was summer vacation. No school. My mom's preparing lunch, and this hobo came to the door because back then, there weren't the term homeless people didn't exist. It was a hobo, you know. Um, and he knocked on the door and he said, Ma'am, I, I noticed your fence. That gate out there needs to be repaired. I can repair that for you for, you know, a couple of dollars or something to eat. And my mother said, Well, no, my husband and my father, they take care of all the repairs around here. They just haven't gotten to that yet. But I'm preparing lunch for my children. You're more than welcome to come in and get washed up and have lunch with us. And he did. And we're sitting at the kitchen table, you know, all the kids were eating and doing the madness that comes with a lot of kids sitting at a table. And my mom is having this adult conversation with this man. And I'm just looking at him in awe. And when we finished lunch, she put him some food, wrapped him up some food and some uh, aluminum foil and gave it to him. And he said, well, ma'am, I can repair that gate. She said, no, 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 no. You don't have to repair the gate. I have someone to do that. But God bless you. And she gave him the food and he left. So the, my siblings are outside playing and my mom's cleaning up the kitchen. And I said, mama, who was that man? And she never stopped what she was doing. She said, I don't know. And I say, well, wh- why did you let him eat with us? And she was so simple when she said, because he was hungry. Hmm. And it was no, it was nothing else beyond that. And 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 I said, wow. He was hungry and you fed him, and it didn't matter that you knew him or not. And that just stayed with me um, because there's never a wrong time, there's never a bad time to do good, and there's always an opportunity to contribute something. And my mama said he was hungry. And it was just so simple. I was looking for this big explanation, but it was just so simple. And another um, example is I was going to a meeting, and I didn't have any cash, and I ran in the gas station to get some gas. And there was a guy outside of the gas station panhandling, and I didn't have any cash. And I said, well, I, don't, I don't have anything today, but you know, God bless you, have a good day. And I went on my way, and I'm back at my car, and I'm pumping gas, and I see the guy walking towards me, and I'll be honest, my thought was, and I've already told him I don't have anything, and here he comes, he's going to ask me again. And he walked up to me while I was pumping gas, and he said, excuse me, sir, I just wanted to come over and thank you. Now I'm confused, you know, you, you, you're you coming to thank me, and I'm just listening to him. He said, yeah, he said, you know, he said, I stand in front of this gas station, another gas station, and a couple of stores, and thousands of people pass me every day and I'm invisible. He said, even though you didn't give me any money, you stopped. <laughs> you touched me on the arm. You looked me in the eye and told me you didn't have anything, but have a good day. He said, that meant so much to me because you acknowledged that I existed. And he walked away. And I, I'm i not one that's generally at a loss for words, but I didn't know what to say. you know. But I understood what he meant. He said, you acknowledge that I existed, which was more than any money you could have given me. You would have given me. And you may not think that's a big thing, but you just never know what a person is carrying with them. And it's not maybe someone's being put out of their home and you pay their their mortgage. It's, It's not those kind of things. It's just sharing who we are. And we all can do that. We know we all can share who we are. You know, another example is more than a Survivor podcast. You know, you you guys have put effort into putting a podcast and taking the time and energy to do this. And you don't have to, you know, but just those kind of those kind of. And, you know, I've always challenged when I hear the term um, uh, random acts of kindness. Because I don't believe any act of kindness is random. And whenever I hear that, I challenge it. But what do you mean, random act of, chi- of, of kindness? No act of kindness is random, you know? And you guys are performing an act of kindness here because you don't know who will be sitting in their home, um, in a dark room with their computer screen on, feeling like no one in the world knows they even exist. And you guys are offering something that may resonate with someone. And really what you're doing, in my opinion, is sharing a message of hope, you know, and you're speaking hope into people's lives. And as you have for me today, um, and I just can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And maybe I didn't answer your question, Michelle, but I think that was needed to be said.
1: (laughs) No, I I so appreciate that. I think. Um, just here we, I mean, I could listen to you all day long and I know John would say the exact same (laughs) thing. So I think we're just so grateful because you do, it's funny that you're sharing and saying that through this podcast, which our intention really is to bring hope to other people. And in listening to you, I know that we feel our cups are filled and so it's mutual, it's reciprocal. And we're so grateful that you took some time to be on our podcast today.
2: Yes, yes, yes. And and I look forward, I will say this on the podcast. Uh um I'm looking to put a couple of programs together and I'm looking forward to the day of sharing the stage with the two of you. I know John, you and I have talked about it over the years, but I think we're getting very, very close to that actually becoming a reality. So uh I'm putting it out there. Thank you. Put it out there. Let's
0: yes. Make it happen. Yeah, yes. yes. no, it's good. Yeah. 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 No, I like Somebody that idea, Dennis.
2: No. yes well it's yes. it's well, we the, it on the the future. people out in the social media world can hear it so they can begin asking you hey when is that happening <laughs> subtle pressure
0: <laughs> <laughs> the way what's what's funny is what that is <clears throat> before i was just having a conversation with michelle about doing virtual stuff and, and virtual uh, sessions and like you know it's going to schools and talking to students and you know what would that look like what would you want to talk about and things like that there so you know, I'm always a, like I've been professionally have been speaking for 20 years now. I've done over 70 presentations last 20 years. I love speaking um but I'm in the space of more of a collaboration. I think it brings more value. I think it it adds a different dynamic and you reach a greater audience.
2: Mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and actually um With the trainings I'm doing this week, uh, it it wraps up on Friday after several hundred uh, trainings this week. That's what it seems like, and uh, I've got my team uh, coming in on Thursday, and we're meeting with the team at the Burn Center, but we're also, um, um, we're either going to live stream, or we are definitely recording the presentation on Friday, and we're going to get that edited up to make it available just to hospitals everywhere, just so they can get that message you know, that has some, some resonates with where they are. Yeah. So let's just make, let's just make it happen. Now is there anything yes. you didn't cover I, today that you, you maybe wanted to cover? But I get really, really long answers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the thinking. So we're excited for all that's to come. And John and I actually kind of spoke about this as another signature piece of more than a survivor, because we do recognize that we often talk about really heavy topics and we're also people who love to have fun. So yes. I'm going to transition us into our um, fun question segment. So what we're doing okay. is John and I at the end of our episodes will pick a fun question um, and just learn a little bit about either each other or our guests. So, Den, if this, if that's okay with you, I will. Uh, I'll ask you your question.
2: Okay, it's fine with me. Right. Yes.
1: I just needed the verbal consent.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so Our the
1: question that I had for you. All right. The question that I had um was tell us one of your hidden talents.
2: Mmm. You know, that's a very long list. That's a very long oh, list. Oh gosh.
1: Uh, <laughs> Do you like how I, I emphasize talents? one of your hidden
2: talents? One. No, you did kidding. emphasize it and you dragged that out to one. Um <laughs> Actually, one of my hidden talents is, I'm an absolutely amazing cook in the kitchen. Uh, And I I won't say I have skills in the kitchen, Uh, the word gifted has been bantied about, that I'm gifted in the kitchen. Um, and, And I grew up in a large family and it was an extended family and my mom and my grandmother and my dad, spent a lot of time in the kitchen and I was always in the kitchen and my mom made sure that all of her babies were pretty self-sufficient in the kitchen, but I took it to a whole nother level, but I am absolutely an amazing cook. So I might get people Uh calling in and and asking about me cooking them something, but, and I actually love cooking as well. That's so neat. It, 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 It is. Yeah, shoot me a question, John. Give it to me.
0: Um What was the other question we were talking about to the fairy, the character, sure. fantasy character or cartoon character? If you were if you were to identify with a qu- a fantasy character or, or cartoon character, who would it be?
1: Yes, the question wow. if I remember correctly was if you could be any fictional character, oh, yeah, what right. fictional character would you be? It's a tough question. I had to really think about that one.
2: Which a uh, fictional character? And we're so talking across. While you're thinking
1: about that, let me let me let us share so that it gives some context. Um, I said that I would be probably any Disney princess from the nineties because we were constantly trying to be the hero of our own story. <laughs> and also all the 90s Disney princesses had excellent music. So I would be singing along with every tune. So heroin and music, and John, your answer.
0: <laughs> Mine was oh yeah, I was running, ran for Ren and Stimpy in the nineties from the Ren and Stimpy cartoons? Wow,
2: wow, that. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> wow. That's what I said.
0: <laughs> just because I'm more practical, I love to joke around and carry on and goof off, and like, you know, that was just, you know, that just comes to mind. Like it's like.
2: Wow! Wow! So I, we'll but ask again:
1: If you could be any fictional character, who would you be?
2: I would be, and I'm trying to remember his name. But there was a television show that used to be on, and it was called The Millionaire, and I forget the millionaire's name. But the millionaire had his lawyer. He would randomly give people a million dollars. And anonymously, and it would impact their lives. And what it and, and the show ran back in the fifties, and he would randomly give people a million dollars, and it would show um, the people and what they were struggling with in their life. And during the course of this thirty-minute show, you would see how the million dollars changed their life. And in uh, and every week, he'd give somebody a million dollars, and it would change their life. And I would probably be that character because he did it anonymously. They never—they didn't know who they got the million dollars from because uh, the attorney is the one that gave it to him. But every week, somebody's life was changed in an amazing way. And it was these feel-good human interest stories. And it was pretty cool. So if I could be any character without really giving it a lot of thought, I would be uh, the millionaire on that on that television mm. show because he was a fictional character, but didn't have to... Or did you want cartoons?
0: No, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> that <was answer>. perfect.
2: <laughs> but but I like the way yeah. that, and it wasn't so much the million dollars, which that was a lot of money back in the fifties. It's not so much today. Um, but it was more than a million dollars. I like the idea that he was able to impact people's lives in a positive way without them ever knowing who he was. So that that would be my that would be the character I would pick without giving it a lot of thought. Yeah. They only got to know the attorney who represented the guy. They didn't know who the guy was. <laughs> so, it was so, it was actually pretty cool. It was actually pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Now you have me wanting to go back and watch. You know, find out what that show is to watch it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's called the it's called the Millionaire, and it ran for about four or five years in the mid fifties. Yeah, okay. or late fifties, early sixties. The Millionaire. Yeah. Cool. Black and white, though. But cool. so you might be disappointed in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, awesome, yeah. awesome.
0: Well, Dennis, thank you for being on our podcast. We completely love <laughs> you. We thank you for <laughs> being <laughs> here,
2: sharing. Yeah. there's one thing I, I, I'd like. Is there one thing I can read yeah. before we end the podcast? Yeah, yeah. What do you want to? Yeah, and it's it's uh it's something that that I use in my presentations, and it's something that I found in a magazine. I was somewhere in the world and I saw it in a magazine, and I tore the page out. It's called the Survivor Psalm. Mm-hmm. And I tore the page out because it really resonated with me. And I carried it around in my briefcase for years. And believe it or not, a couple of months after I tore the page out of the magazine, I was actually on stage presenting on a panel with the very doctor who wrote it. And to me, because he was a a physician, he was a doctor uh, and taught at University of Michigan. And we were on the stage together. And I was like a a groupie. I was like, oh my God, Dr. Hochberg, I, I got your thing in my... <laughs> and so it was just it, it was meant to happen. It, it was. But it's called The Survivor Psalm. You know, we talked a lot about how we hold on to, we fight to hold on to our victimhood. And this this speaks to that. And it's called The Survivor Psalm by Dr. Frank Ockberg. I have been victimized. I was in a fight that was not a fair fight. I did not ask for the fight. I lost. There is no shame in losing such fights, only in winning. I have reached the stage of survivor. I am no longer a slave of victim status. I look back with sadness rather than hate. I look forward with hope rather than despair. I may never forget, but I need not constantly remember that I was a victim. Because I am now a survivor. And that is just so incredibly powerful because we do fight to hold on to our victimhood, but in the end you don't want to win that fight. You know, there's no shame in in, in losing, only in winning. And it's called the survivor song, and it, it just it just really resonates uh with me and I thought it would be appropriate to share that with you guys as we end this podcast. That's perfect. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes so now you can say how wonderful I was and your goodbyes.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was awesome to have you. Um, you know, we just, we love you and all that. You know, you're amazing. You're a huge contribution to the world. You know, we just, uh, and I'm glad that our paths have crossed.
2: Yes, yes, mm-hmm. as am I, as am I. And I hope you know me a little bit better now, Michelle.
1: <laughs> uh, for those who are listening or watching, I, before starting, said that I had briefly met Dennis I have heard of Dennis and now I feel like I'm connected to Dennis and so yes. for those of you who are curious and want to learn more as well we'll make sure to leave his information of how you can contact him um, in our description and Dennis we look forward to like you said virtually and being on that stage right. of sharing right. and encouraging other
0: people around us
2: great great well, best awesome best thank you, you
0: guys for listening and we'll see you on next episode all right. All right.